Spring is in full swing and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor story jumpers welcome to another episode of your favorite storytelling podcast are you ready to hear a great story of course that's why you're a story jumper dylan jack and trip are looking for adventure but when they find an entryway into a magical land plagued by the malevolent stranger the cost of their new exciting journey might prove to be too much. While on vacation at their grandmother's farm, cousins Dylan, Jack, and Trip learn of a long-kept family secret and the power of wishing on a star. Enjoy this reading of The Oasis King by Mark David Pullen. Hello there. My name is Mark David Pullen, and this is a recording of my debut novel, The Oasis King. Book One of the Oasis Chronicles. Chapter One. The package arrives. None of them could have guessed where the package came from or who could have sent it. Furthermore, they had no way of knowing that simply opening the package would ignite a series of events that would take them on one of the most extraordinary adventures of their lives. But that's getting ahead of ourselves, so let's start at the beginning, shall we? It was a cool, crisp afternoon at Grammy's house. That's what the boys called her, Grammy or Graham, for short. Every summer, they were sent off for a few weeks to stay with Grammy on the farm. Boys considered it a mini-vacation because they rarely had any chores to keep up with, and as long as they stayed out of trouble, they had the run of the house and property, except for the library, which doubled as Graham's study. They sprawled out with books and games strewn around the room due to the weather that kept them inside and confined to the den. Dylan stretched his back and glanced towards the window, watching as the rain continued to pour down. This is lame, he said with a yawn. Yeah, way lame, Jack agreed. What's lame mean? Trip asked. Though he was relatively bright for being only ten, he still wasn't quite hip to some of the things Dylan and Jackson said or did. Even though Dylan was twelve and Jackson eleven, they still relished the idea that they were older and wiser and therefore superior to their youngest cousin. He doesn't know what lame means, Dylan said, laughing. What a baby, Jack added, even though he wasn't quite sure what it meant either. Tripp got up to stretch his legs. As he gazed out the window, he found himself entranced, watching the raindrops splash against the window and drizzle their way down the glass. Aside from the rain, it was reasonably calm outside. But alas, with no wildlife to entertain his gaze, he rejoined his cousins on the rug. I'm getting hungry, Tripp said. Good call, sport. I could eat too, Dylan replied. He was always calling the younger boys by some silly childish nickname. Do you think Graham will let us have ice cream for lunch? Jack asked. No way, but as long as it's not hot dogs, I'll be happy, Dylan replied. He despised hot dogs. The boys wandered from the den of the old farmhouse into the kitchen where they found Grammy already preparing their lunch. The entire room smelled of homemade chicken soup and fresh baked bread. The aroma of the chicken slowly simmering in a broth of onions, celery, and carrots, accompanied by the rich, buttery smell of the bread, made their mouths water. Have you boys made a mess in the den? Grammy asked. 
without turning her gaze from the hot pot of soup. Grandma's always cooking something special just for them. She used food to show the boys her love. She was an easygoing woman and made things fun, but if they stepped out of line even slightly, she wasn't afraid to play the disciplinarian. We have, but we're still playing, Dylan replied. That's fine. Please clean up when you're finished, Grammy answered. Dylan washed his hands at the kitchen sink, and the two younger boys followed suit. Dylan handed Tripp the soap while Jack fixed his gaze elsewhere. Sitting on the counter just beyond the sink sat the cookie jar. He crept over to it and stood on his tiptoes as he quietly lifted off the lid and removed a cookie. Then he gingerly replaced the top and lifted the cookie to his mouth. No snacks before lunch, Jackson, Grammy snapped. How did she know? You didn't even turn around, Jack thought, silently returning the cookie to the jar. They all made their way to the table for lunch and ate hurriedly. When they had finished, they pushed in their chairs and placed their dishes in the sink before being dismissed. Dylan and Jack went back to finishing their puzzle in the den while Tripp flopped on the couch and scrolled through the channels on the old black and white TV. None of the boys could understand how Graham could enjoy the modern marvel of cable TV with such a small, obsolete viewing instrument. All was quiet in the house when the doorbell rang. The boys jumped as if some ghostly specter had reached out and touched the back of their necks with cold, supernatural fingers. That got me, Dylan said, laughing nervously. The boys shuffled into the foyer just in time to see Grammy accept the package and close the door. Tripp peered out the window next to the door and through the ring could just barely make out the postman coming back in his trunk. Grammy headed back to the kitchen where she placed the package on the table and greeted the boys with a smile. What's up, guys? Graham asked, continuing to look through her stack of mail. What's in the package? Dylan asked. There's no return address, but it's addressed to the three of you. We'll open it together after supper, okay? A distracted Graham answered as she tore open a letter, retreated to her study, and closed the door. Dylan lifted the package off the table and examined it. What do you suppose it is? Jack asked. His birthday was right around the corner, and he assumed it could only be a gift for him. Probably something one of our parents sent us, Dylan replied. Tripp just shrugged and nodded in agreement. As Dylan examined the package, he noticed it was addressed to the three of them, and it did not have a return label, as Graham had said. Please deliver to Mr. Dylan Waxwell, Mr. Jackson Stackman, Mr. Tripp Fuller, 47 County Route 15, Gilbury, New York, 18582. Tripp snatched the package out of Dylan's hand, ran for the den, and with the older boys close behind, slammed the door shut. Then, without thought of getting in trouble or consequences, the boys tore open the package. Beneath the mound of packing and paper, they found a pocket knife, a wooden slingshot, and a small lantern. Chapter 2. Crime and Punishment The boys each pulled out one individual item at a time. Dylan chose the pocket knife, and Jackson grabbed the slingshot, leaving the small lantern for Tripp. Tripp accidentally hit the button on the top of the lantern and turned it on. The light shone so brightly that it left the boys stunned for a moment. Hey, watch that, Dylan shouted. Yeah, what are you trying to do, burn our eyes out? Jack asked. Zip just chuckled to himself and turned off the lantern, noticing a small golden placard that read Light of the World as he did so. What do you suppose these are for, Jack asked. Gifts, things we can use on our next adventure, Dylan replied. Mine is better than yours, Jack stated. Dylan just scowled. While they argued, none of them noticed the door cracking open. Grammy slipped into the room and stood there with her arms folded. It seems that I can leave nothing within your reach without curiosity getting the better of you, she stated in a harsh tone. The boys knew right away they had been caught. 
Immediately, all three of them turned to face her apologetically. There's an old saying about young boys. When they're quiet, they're up to no good, Grammy continued. Dylan swallowed hard. Trick began to sweat. Jack dropped to his knees and pleaded for forgiveness. Oh, please, have mercy on us, Graham, he cried out. Good heavens, Jackson, get a hold of yourself, Grammy said sternly. Jack stood up red-faced, feeling foolish, while Dylan just shook his head in embarrassment for his cousin. I blame myself for being so distracted that I left you with the temptation to peek inside the package. But unfortunately, you chose to act on it, so you must be punished accordingly. Come with me, the three of you. Grammy opened the door and motioned for the boys to pass. Their heads hung low as they walked in a straight line down the hallway. Grammy led them through the kitchen to the closed door of the study, where she produced a key and unlocked the door. One by one, they shuffled into the large windowless room. Bookshelves lined three walls, showing countless titles about faraway lands, dinosaurs, and strange, unexplained phenomena. Pictures of maps and animals from all over the world covered the wall behind them. A grand chandelier made from bone and antlers hung from the ceiling. In the middle of the room was a desk with an old blotter and a globe. Graham's Bible was sprawled open on the blotter. Wow, I've never seen a room like this in all my life, Dylan thought. The other boys were having similar thoughts, never having been in the room either. Graham came in behind them and closed the door. The boys turned to her and noticed Genesis 27-3 in all capital letters inscribed on the back of the door. What's that supposed to mean? Dylan blurted out. Grammy moved to her desk and flipped through the pages of her Bible. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, and thy, bo and thy bow. Go out to the field and take me some venison, Grammy read aloud. The boys were puzzled by the language. Huh? Zip asked. Grammy just smiled sadly. That was your father's favorite Bible verse, Trip, she said. The boys' ears picked up. They rarely heard talk of Trip's father, Dylan and Jackson's uncle. Trip never had the chance to meet his father, and his mother never spoke of him. Tell us more about him, the boys chorused. Grammy's smile faded. It's quite a sad subject. Grammy got up from her desk and moved to the bookshelf where she pulled out a tattered green book and placed it on her desk. Martin was a biologist, a brilliant man, and an avid outdoorsman. The boys rushed to the desk. The green book was an old photo album filled with many newspaper clippings and pictures. One picture was Tripp's father as a young man with his rifle standing over the biggest white-tailed deer any of them had ever seen. Another had him standing on a dock somewhere with a monstrous fish strung up by his tail. The newspaper clippings were fascinating. One read, local biologist discovers new species of toad deep in the Amazon wilderness. That's him, boys. I'm dear Martin, Graham said. What happened to him, Graham? Tripp asked curiously. No one knows, son. He went into the woods with his dogs one day and never came home. He just disappeared. The police searched for months, but no news ever came of him. The trail and the case went cold together, Grammy said. She wiped a tear from her cheek and closed the photo album. Now, each of you is to go to a corner and stand facing it. You couldn't be patient enough to open that package after supper, so you learned patience the hard way. Waiting out the clunk, Grammy said firmly, wiping another tear from her cheek. The boys groaned in unison. They'd hoped she'd forgotten about punishing them. They all went to separate corners and faced the walls. Sip chose the one closest to Grammy so he could watch what she did from the corner of his eye. 
They stood silently for what seemed like an eternity before Grammy pushed away from her desk and walked over to the door. I hope you've all learned patience and long-suffering in your punishment. The boys stretched and wiggled away their stiffness as they left their corners and walked into the hall. Grammy grabbed Dylan on his way out and spun him around. His tall, lanky frame almost gave way due to his body's sudden halt, but Graham caught him. Grammy knelt down and looked Dylan in the eyes. You're the oldest young man. You know better. Be an example to them. Those dimples won't always save you, Grammy said and ran her fingers through Dylan's thick blonde hair. In fact, all three boys shared this singular genetic trait, a distinct set of dimples in their cheeks when they smiled. Grammy stood up straight and released Dylan to the hallway before closing the door in his face, but not before he noticed a banner strung above the bookshelf that read, May your roots grow deep and your tallest branches toward the stars. Chapter 3 Wish Upon a Star As the day drew to a close and evening came creeping in, the boys ate, bathed, and were sent off to bed. What do you suppose he was like? Tripp asked. Who? Dylan asked. Martin. Er, my dad, Tripp replied. I bet he was all manners, a no-nonsense sort of fella, Dylan answered boldly. I don't think that at all. I bet Martin was a ham, a crazy adventure seeker, Jack rebutted. I think he was a perfect combination of the two, strong and smart, but also fun and loving. A man a boy could really look up to, said his voice trailing off. Jack and Dylan could sense the sadness in Tripp's voice. They imagined that having never met his father must be hard. Dylan tried to think of ways to distract Tripp. He glanced over at the window. Hey, it stopped raining. I wonder if we can see any stars tonight, Dylan said as he rushed across the room, lifted the window, and peered out. Wow, look at them all, he said excitedly. That was all it took. Jack and Tripp joined him at the window faster than you could blink. The boys looked out at the night sky, watching all the sparkling stars as they danced and shimmered from so far away. They did their best to name all the constellations. That's the Big Dipper over there, and Orion right there, Dylan said, pointing to the sky. That star looks like it's moving, Jack said. That's a plane, Tripp replied. The boys all had a good hard laugh, and the mood once again became carefree. What a night, Dylan said, gazing up peacefully. Yes, sir, Jack replied. Look, a falling star, Tripp shouted. The other boys were equally excited, having never seen a falling star either. Just then, the bedroom door opened. Well, that was quite the commotion, Grammy announced. Let's go, boys. Off to bed. A few clouds had gathered, and it had started to sprinkle. Grammy closed the window. We're not even tired, Jack said with a yawn. Not tired indeed, Grammy said gently with a smile. Hey, Graham, guess what? We saw a falling star, Tripp said. Oh, you did? Did you make a wish? Yep, all three of us seen it with our own eyes. I didn't wish, though. That's kid stuff, Dylan said. Saw, Dylan, Grammy corrected. Saw what, Graham? Dylan asked. You saw, not seen. Your uncle used to drive me crazy with grammar like that. What was he like, Tripp asked. He was a smart and charming young man. He had a childlike sense of adventure which pushed him to be an outdoorsman and explorer. From a very young age, I always encouraged all my children to wish on falling stars and believe in all sorts of things, both logical and unexplained. He never got too old for that sort of thing. Now then, let's settle down. With each boy in bed, Grammy began her nightly ritual of smooches and head rubs. First, she tucked Dylan under the covers, tousled his hair, and swept it behind his ears before kissing his forehead. 
Then she pulled Jack's covers up over his shoulders and swept his bangs off his forehead before kissing him. His hair was always styled according to the latest trends, whereas Dylan's was just kind of a mop. This year's style was longer bangs pushed up in the front. Finally, she tucked Trip into a cocoon with his blanket and rubbed the peach fuzz of his buzzed hair before kissing his forehead. Pleasant dreams, boys, Grammy said as she headed for the door. Prayers? Yes, ma'am. We've said them already. Dylan Lennis, Jack replied honestly. Hey, Graham, what did that banner mean? The one about the branches and stars? Dylan asked, recalling the banner from her study. May your roots grow deep and your tallest branches towards the stars. It's something I used to say to your parents when they were your age. It means I hope your faith keeps you firmly planted on a strong foundation while you reach for your dreams. Now, sleep tight, my boys. Grammy turned off the bedroom light and closed the door. A moment after Grammy's footfalls faded into the distance, a flood of light rose from Tripp's side of the room as he turned on his lantern and giggled. Then came another giggle, followed closely by another, as Jack and Dylan both sat up in bed. That lantern is perfect for our midnight snack rooms, Dylan said quietly. Yes, yes, Jack added. Yep. That was all Tripp had to add. As for now, I say we get some rest. First one awake wakes the rest, Dylan said. Deal, the other boys added in unison. Good night, fellas, Dylan said as Tripp turned off the lantern. Soon the room was quiet and Tripp crept back to the window. Looking out at the clouded sky, Tripp wished with all his heart on that falling star. I wish I could have met him. He let out a sigh as he headed for his bed, and it wasn't long before he drifted off to sleep. That night, none of the boys slept soundly. They suffered from bad dreams, varying from Jackson's nightmare of a worldwide candy shortage to Dylan's getting forced to eat hot dogs until he threw up. But Tripp's nightmare was so lifelike he wondered if it had really happened. He dreamed that he was the only one awake inside the house as a storm raged outside. The house shook with the thunder and the room filled with blinding light at every flash of lightning. He stood at the window watching the storm, and with one flash of light he saw the reflection of a man standing behind him. He spun around, then the room went black around him, pitch black. He held his hands out in front of him as he tried to feel his way across the room. Again the lightning flashed. This time there was a shadow in the doorway. He rushed towards it before the room went black yet again. Then he heard footsteps as a figure crept its way down the stairs. The dream was so real that he broke out in a cold sweat in his bed as he slept. He felt for the banister with his fingers, but it wasn't there. He remembered the feeling of falling, but he wasn't falling at all. He was floating. He floated down the stairs until he could see that the front door to the house was wide open. At the threshold, he was sucked through the doorway by a tempest wind. Outside, the storm was explosive and Tripp grabbed for the porch railing before he was sucked away. The sky was orange and a giant black hole was pulling everything in the barnyard towards it, casting it into infinity. A green-skinned man strolled out of the house and stepped down the stairs, tipping his hat to Tripp and winking with his purple eyes. The strange man danced through the storm as though it were not happening, right toward the black hole. He reached into his coat pocket and produced a small metallic disc turning it over in the palm of his hand before throwing it into the black hole. Then, a giant red dragon erupted from the black hole and set fire to the barnyard. Chips, Trip sat straight up in his bed and let out a shout. It was morning now, and Jack and Dylan were both awake and already dressed for the day. Easy, buddy. It was just a dream, Dylan said soothingly. You all right, sport? Jack asked. That dream was too real, Trip sighed, relieved to be awake. 
You can tell us about it after breakfast. Graham made chocolate chip pancakes and bacon. Better get up and get dressed before we eat it all, Dylan shouted as he and Jack ran out of the room. That was too real, Trip thought. Then the smell of bacon wafted into the room and his stomach took over. He rushed out of bed and down the stairs to join his family. Story jumpers, have you ever thought what it would be like to get swept away on a crazy adventure to a land you knew nothing about? Well, I've got someone with a big imagination who managed to squeeze it all into this one book, The Oasis King. Mark David Pullen, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking. Thank you for having me on today. We're excited to have you here. I can tell you that the Story Jumpers love an exciting story, and this has to be one of the best ones we've come across yet. Well, so tell me something about the Oasis King story. Um, these guys, the friends, Dylan, Jack, and Trip, they're not on your normal adventure, are they? They most certainly are not. They are on the adventure of a lifetime. Um, the exciting thing about this book is that these boys are, you know, they're they're boys. They're rough and tumble boys. They're out seeking adventure, and to their great surprise, they actually find it. Or I should say the adventure finds them. Yeah, I can remember, you know, playing in the woods, imagining that we were going places when I was a kid, but we never, never in our wildest dreams did we ever go to the other place. And, you know, these fellas, wow. They're in for it. So can you tell us a little bit more about Dylan, Jack, and Trip? Like, who are they? How did they meet? Okay, so Dylan, Jack, and Trip are actually based off my real-life nephews and son. I wrote this book to be a fun Christmas. It was a Christmas gift for them. And so that's who they are. You know, they are my nephews and my son. And so they're cousins in the book and they're cousins in real life. And they are... Uh, spending Chris, or I'm sorry, spending summer vacation at their grandmother's farm, and something they do every year, and that's when they stumble on this adventure. Yeah, and they didn't just stumble across it, you know, by mistake. These boys were kind of up to no good, right? They were poking around in some stuff they shouldn't have been. Yes, they were. They absolutely were. Um, a strange package arrives at Graham's house, and Graham says, "Don't touch the package," and like curious boys do they touch the package and that is what starts this whirlwind of an adventure just by opening one simple package it sets the sets things in motion that can't be stopped yeah absolutely and and it's interesting to see how graham kind of deals with the boys obviously they've gone against her wishes they've gone against her rules um and she doesn't you know lash out at them in a, in a real angry way but she does have to discipline them um, what do you think about that, about like when we do something wrong, having to answer for it? Well, you know, if um, our actions are cause for consequence, I think it's something we have to deal with, you know, and it's something that we have to own up to. You know, everybody makes mistakes um, and it's how we grow to learn from those mistakes. And discipline isn't always done out of anger or out of spite it's sometimes like in this case it comes out of a out of a place of love you know what my wishes were that you did not touch this package and you touched it so therefore we have to have consequences yeah yeah well i hope the boys learn their lesson that's for sure i know one thing that you told me that they're gonna learn is a family secret something i mean unfortunately it's trip right yes he doesn't know his dad he does not his and father 
Yep, was uh, was gone before he was born. Yeah, that's really sad. But it turns out that there might be more there than meets the eye, and they have a chance to uncover it, right? Yes, there is, a, like you said, there is this deep family secret, and by opening this package, like I said, they start these things in motion, and there's that family secret is very much so part of the ball rolling. You know, there are things that have to be discovered as the story progresses. Yes, absolutely. Very cool. So I kind of, you know, wondered myself, um, as a story jumper, I love to hear these stories. They're always a lot of fun to listen to. It's great to pick up a new book and go on a new adventure with the characters. But for you as a writer, how did you start on your journey to becoming a writer? Well, it's a, it's a very unique story Was that in the fact that I did not intend to be a writer. I have always been a daydreamer. I've always been, you know, the boy that was looking out the window when I should have been focusing on my schoolwork. And right. <laughs> that uh, it just through for my whole life, it's been that way. And then, like I said, I wanted to sit down and write this story for my nephews and my son. And this is where it led me. It's been five years, and this is where it led me. I am now a published author. <laughs> That's wild. Well, congratulations. Thank you so much. And then, just like Dylan, Jack, and Trip, you know, they're having some cool childhood experiences that are going to help shape who they are by the end of the story. Yes. What were some of your childhood experiences that shaped your writing? There, there have been a lot. You know, my imagination and my creativity have always been encouraged and nurtured as a child, and that's what allowed me to blossom into, you know, essentially, into an author. You know, um, it was always encouraged. Like, hey, if you think this is something, go with it. And so, I, my creativity, my imagination was something that, especially my mom, really, really nurtured in both me and my sisters growing up, and that's how I think with my genre in particular um you know imagination plays a big part mm. like if there's no imagination they you know my stories don't make any sense at all they may not make sense <laughs> now but with a little imagination you can make something out of it yes you sure can when when we use the power of our imagination uh some amazing things are possible uh and i think that's the the fun part about being a story jumper is that you know you get to explore these stories but you also might have an interest in writing your own stories so as a writer, um, how do you figure out who your stories are for? Well, my stories in particular were, I wrote for people like me, people that looked for that escape, for that adventure. You know, they were craving an escape. They wanted to, mm -hmm. you know, they wanted to go outside and they wanted to be swept away on that journey. They wanted to go find adventure. And that's why I wrote this story so that maybe there's a child that wants that adventure, but maybe doesn't have as great an imagination. So I wrote a template for them. Mm -hmm. And that is my hope that through my reading and through my writing that they can find that escape and they can find that adventure and it can take them places they never thought possible. That sounds so much fun. After we're done with Oasis King and Dylan, Jack and Trip, are there any more stories that you have planned? There are. I actually, book number two is in the process of being final edits, is going through its final edits. And um, this particular series is five books long. So wow. we are well, yes, we are well on our way. Very cool. Very yes. cool. Well, I look forward to hearing, you know, how this adventure wraps up. And then it sounds like there's much more planned ahead of the boys. So would you 
would you be happy to come back again and share more of their story as it unfolds? I absolutely would. I would love to come back and chat with you. Excellent. Well, I know the Story Jumpers look forward to hearing from you again, Mark. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Parents, although he has always had a vivid imagination, Mark David Pullen's writing never manifested itself until his late 20s. Being the boy who sought after adventure and escape, he would use his imagination to create strange characters and unique faraway worlds. Some of those strange characters in faraway lands cemented themselves into his mind and later became part of the firm foundation for his writing style. Now as an adult, he lives with his wife, two children, and their crazy pup Toby in upstate New York. The use of his imagination and sense of wonder as a child has proven to be the first steps on the long road to becoming a published author in the science fiction and fantasy genre. Learn more about his books when you visit his website at theoasisking.com.